you went so much more deep than I did because my next like is, hello, Marco Grazzini. I think he is real hot. Hey everyone, welcome to Girls Gone Hallmark, a Hallmark review podcast. I'm Megan, and I'm a lifelong Hallmark movie fan. I'm Wendy, and I'm not ashamed to admit this movie made me cry twice. (gasps) Oh, twice. (laughs) Twice. I can guess one of those. Today we're discussing Hearts in the Game, which originally aired on Saturday, April 29th, 2023. If you want to connect with us outside of the podcast, we'd love for you to follow us on Instagram, where you can find us both as at Girls Gone Hallmark and at Megan and Wendy. You can also jump into our Facebook group, Girls Gone Hallmark, or shoot us an email, meganandwendy at gmail.com. Now, as we were prepping for this episode, Wendy has some piping hot Hallmark tea, but I want to get a couple of Hallmark housekeeping notes out of the way. Okay. First, the June movie lineup is out. Mm -hmm. It is a wedding season themed for right. wedding themed movies. You can find the full details on that on our website, meganandwendy.com. Hallmark is also dropping two new mysteries. And in the month of May and June, they're doing something a little bit different with their movies and mysteries drops. They're moving them from Sundays to Fridays and no official announcement has been made. What do you, how do you feel about that move? Oh, I don't care. <clears throat> from a Hallmark reviewer standpoint, on a tight turnaround, appreciate the move. It's yeah. actually better for us I f- on a personal note. I feel that, yes. I would guess they're just testing it. Sunday premieres typically do less well than the Saturday premieres, so they're maybe trying to see what happens. Trying Not- to grab that Friday stay-at-home. Those TGIF. <laughs> I wasn't going to say TGIF. I was going to say, like, you know, that Friday night to me is like the CBS crowd. Ah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Watching the Magnum P.I. and... Whatever else is on. Yeah. Blood and, <laughs> <laughs> and this way they're also not competing with their series, which typically drop on Sundays. So yeah, but this ride is going to end in like the next five weeks. So Right. But then Chesapeake Shores is coming back with a new not season Chesapeake this summer. Shores. You're right. Oh my goodness. When Calls the Heart is coming back with a okay. new season. So that will be on Sundays? I imagine. Okay. So they're just, they're just playing with the schedule. That's okay. Yeah. I'm okay with that. That's what DVRs are made for. Exactly. On-demand viewing. I mean, and Peacock, and Friendly. All those things, right? Exactly. A couple of things. Please. Oh, we got some feedback regarding uh, last week's A Pinch of Portugal. Uh Uh-huh. Facebook group member Laura, she shared this in the Facebook group, and I thought it was interesting. Mm -hmm. She said, quote, I love the scenery, and the plot was interesting. However, I did not like the way they portrayed the only two Portuguese characters we really got to see. The gruff fisherman and the scheming marketer. I have friends who live in Portugal, and by all reports, the people are overwhelmingly kind, generous, and quick to help a stranger. I think that's a good point. It is a good point, because imagine if, like, they a Paris proposal, if they, mm-hmm. and I can't really remember, did they stereotype the French people as being unfriendly? They may have, but the two leaders of that French jewelry line Mm -hmm. they were lovely like there was also their like co-worker their french counterpart who was kind of slimy yeah but there were certainly quite a few lovely french people and the front desk person at their hotel wasn't he also wonderful i think so so i don't think it was an overall wash of slimy french person in that movie yeah so it's an interesting point like let's celebrate some of the cultures and beyond just countries yeah Yeah. and you know 
I kind of see why in that movie the potential love interest had to be kind of slimy. Mm-hmm. But looking at it, there's no reason the boating dude needed to be anything but lovely. Right. Like it doesn't move the story forward at right. all. Right. Okay. I thought it was a good note too. <clears throat> I agree. Okay. There is an impending writer strike. There is. It's, I think, well, by its time, oh, this drop, this episode drops. Tuesday, May 2nd, I think their contract ends tonight, like at midnight. Okay. So I don't know exactly. So don't come at me with the specific details. It's but it's close. It's very soon. Mm-hmm. And I had to wonder, is this writer strike going to affect our Hallmark writers? Right. We know they don't have a ton in the can. Right. So um, I asked in our Facebook group, because there are a lot of smart people there who mm-hmm. are connected to a lot of Hallmark people. Right. And apparently the answer is yes. According to Eric, who is the co-host of Hallmark Mysteries and More podcasts, he told us that the Mystery 101 writer John Christian Plummer spoke extensively about the strike in a recent interview on their podcast. Mm -hmm. And he also mentioned that writer-director Ron Oliver, as well as writer Marcy Holland, are both gearing up for the strike, but they're hoping for a resolution. If you remember when we had a writer strike before, mm-hmm. 07, 08, somewhere around there, 06, 07? I, yeah, oh, I think you said 07. I was quite pregnant with my first child. Mm-hmm. I was born in June of that year. So I think I might have been okay with the volume of reality, reality television <laughs> that came our way that year. I know. And I'm like, well, Hallmark has nothing to worry about because they can just re-show, re-air Movies upon movies upon movies that they've already shown, right? Sure, they'll have an audience for that. But in terms of like new content, mm-hmm. we might just see, I mean, on network TV, might just seem like more game shows and reality TV. It, I'm very curious to see if it happens, how it plays out, but I am worried about the jobs and livelihoods, about the many people affected sure. by this sort of thing. Me too, me too. But I will say for us, I think we're good here if... If a writer strike happens, yeah, Girls Gone Hallmark's not going away. With, there's a million movies for us there's to review, movies. so we're not going anywhere, guys. And finally, here's the piping hot tea. Can't wait. It's well, you know, it was quietly announced on April 21st that director Michael Damien tweeted. Do you know who Michael Damien is? No. He is the director of Christmas Waltz mm. with Lacey Chabert. Chabert. <laughs> Every time, guys. And Will Kemp. Yes. Maybe one of my like top five it's a movies. Great movie. I love it. Anyway, he tweeted that he has recently signed a three picture deal with MPCA. It's important to remember MPCA. Included in that deal is a sequel to Christmas Waltz. Wow. However, first of all, the new movie will be called Paris Christmas Waltz and will film in Europe in June per deadline, mm-hmm. which is like a legitimate reputable source. <laughs> However, at this time, the leads have not been announced, and it is unclear if this movie will end up on Hallmark Channel since Damien makes movies for Netflix, Hallmark, and Gaff. Wait a minute. Here it comes. Sleepy Kitty Pot also weighed in and says, quote, Hallmark's work with MPCA is limited to When Calls the Heart since the launch of A Great American Family, where Brad, K-R-E-V-O-Y, is an investor. Cravoy. He is the CEO of MPCA. So, and he's an investor in, in GAF. GAF. Yeah. So, okay. 
So it all remains to be seen. We shall see is the answer to that. Yeah, but I'm thinking it's not going to happen on Hallmark. Well, I think it, if the leads are not the same, mm-hmm. it's a different movie. It's no big loss. Right? It's a different movie. It's not like it's a sequel. Yeah. If we were to lose a Lacey Chabert Will Kemp movie to GAF, that would be a different story. Mm-hmm. But a story about two people who dance starring any other two actors? Meh. Yeah, I agree. Because I think the magic in that movie, the story was fine. It was nice. But the magic in that movie was Lacey and Will and their chemistry together dancing. Totally agree. Yeah. And they have a mystery coming out, the dancing detectives. So it's just the dancing detective because she's the detective. Okay. He's not. As I was saying that word, I wondered (laughs) if it was plural. Also, fun note, I'm going to say that's just going to open a whole flood of pitches from us the dancing detective it's a deadly tango what else can we have like the slain salsa i don't know (laughs) you know what i mean spiked heels yeah oh i love it spiked heels coming soon (laughs) coming soon. follow our instagram for more guys are you ready to talk hearts in the game sure let's hear a synopsis a publicist helps a pitcher for the new york mets and her boyfriend from high school find his way back to the game and her heart movie stars Aaron Cahill, who has an impressive 127 acting credits. We at Girls Gone Hallmark first saw her in A Timeless Christmas. And let me just say to us, come a long way, baby. Like, you know, I remember not liking that movie. No, you hated that movie. I don't like time travel stuff. However, I don't think we can put it on Aaron Cahill. And I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) Okay. Marco Grazzini, please. Diego, he has 49 acting credits, including the series Virgin River. And he was last seen on Hallmark in the movie Right in Front of Me. Written by one Julie Sherman Wall. Yeah. Writer Shelby Blake Bartlestein is a a little new baby writer. She has four writing credits, but actually, actually it's only three because we learned that Hearts in the Game was originally titled The Spin Cycle. There is an IMDb listing for that movie. The actors and director and writer are attached to that IMDb Uh, listing. She shows four credits, but it includes... Both Hearts in the Game and The Spin Cycle. So every actor and producer and whatever in this movie is credited with two I'm credits. I'm not sure they went that deep, mm. but the leads and the main crew have two credits. Got it. Director Stacey N. Harding has nine directing credits, mostly Hallmark, but tons of AD work on shows like Timeless, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, and Hallmark Favorite, Unreal. I love all of those shows, by the way. And I say Hallmark Favorite, Unreal, is because there's so many actors and actresses from the Hallmark world who have appeared on Unreal. Many. Including Brennan Elliott, who has a starring role in that show. Mm-hmm. Donya Cash plays Jax in this movie. They made their Hallmark debut in the 2022 holiday movie cycle with roles... In hashtag Xmas <laughs> and the holiday sitter, they also were in seven episodes of A Million Little Things, which rounds out their 22 acting credits. I kind of want to watch that show. We follow one of the writers mm-hmm. on social media, and so I've been seeing a lot of a promotion pro- for it. promotion, <laughs> and the show is ending. Oh, is the show a series is ending? Yes, that's why Elizabeth is no longer working there because the series itself is ending. What is she going to do next? She's working on her own stuff. Oh. She's not currently attached to anything. She's like, <laughs> I think she's sold a pilot. Oh. Donya Cash is also the first openly non-binary actor to work on the Hallmark Channel. Yes. I 
loved them. Standout role. For sure. Star of the movie. Yes. Agree. No surprise, this was filmed in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about some baseball. Baseball corner. Yeah, this is new for us here. <laughs> <laughs> Meg and I both have like some unique experiences with baseball. Can I stop you right there? Mm-hmm. There was a conversation in our Facebook group last night about this. and You made that exact comment. Mm-hmm. And I laughed so hard because let me tell you, Wendy's <laughs> baseball experience is that she's like baseball royalty adjacent. And my baseball experience is I met my husband at a baseball game. No, girl. It's that you had tickets. In my mind, you were always that girl trying to catch the attention of the baseball player when you were single gal Megan going to the baseball games. I had a longtime crush on Anaheim Angel. Mm -hmm. They were the Anaheim Angels at the time. They're not anymore. But I was like a season ticket holder. My family has been season ticket holders. I was there game five when they won the American League Championship Series. I bet if there was social media at that time, you would have been fully in that dude's DMs. (laughs) I would, he's very happily married right now. At the and time, was he married? No, no. He was single. And his wife is currently significantly more famous than he is. Single and ready to mingle. So in terms of my baseball royalty, I, I'm not going to say names on here. Yes. For their privacy. Sure. But yes, there is some adjacent baseball family ties. Yes. And... And I'm just a dugout diva. I was trying to come up. What do they call them? <laughs> dugout diva. Is that what they really call? I don't call? know, but that's a oh great my, name. Like, they should. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Let's I really reality show dugout diva. I really, it paints a very different picture. I just have been a lifelong baseball fan. Oh, Moving on. So baseball was a big storyline in those movies. Indeed. And in our Facebook group, Listener Paula wrote in saying a few things that I want to share. Mm-hmm. And you guys can join our Facebook group anytime Girls Gone Hallmark. You can see the whole thread. But here, here is, here's what she had to say. Uh, quote, Diego is supposed to be the greatest pitcher of the past decade who blew game seven. It's happened before and everyone moved on. Yeah. Athletes are not machines. It's mm-hmm. a game because you don't know what the outcome is going to be. So do you think like when an athlete has like a real bad game like that that doesn't do something to them mentally i absolutely do where i think this movie went wrong is i don't think that this was the kind of move that needed a pr person Mm. to step in one of my wishes is i wish that hazel were in the role of a sports psychologist instead of a pr person because that's what he needed Mm -hmm. he didn't do anything wrong other than play a bad game he didn't say conspire to steal the World Series and cheat on baseball's biggest stage. And then that dude, by the way, still continues to get to play. None of the players on the Astros were ever punished. Mm -hmm. Only the coaching staff was. And if you've ever been to a game where said players are batting that is not in their home stadium, years later, this was in 2017 that this happened, they will boo that person at every single at-bat. They still get booed at Angel Games, right? Every single at Not even the first at-bat. Every single (laughs) at-bat. Now, what I'm saying is... The Astros didn't fire those guys. They didn't need a reputation rehab. They're like, can you hit the ball? Great. It wasn't a physical inability to pitch. We know that there was other stuff going on. He needed a sports psychologist. The Mets do not care what anybody thinks about this dude. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's great if they are excited about him and they want to come watch him play. But if he can win games, that's all they care about. Right. Who cares if you like him and you tell the story of 
why he pitched a bad game. To humanize him. Sure. I mean, I think there's value in a human interest story like Mm -hmm. that, but that's not what's going to get the Mets to re-sign his contract. Right. So that is my question. Was his contract pending? That's unclear to me. The whole thing was like, he needs a reputation rehab. No, I just, I just don't believe that he does. You know what is so funny? Reputation rehab. I mean, Michael Vick was dogfighting and then came back and people still like him. Athletes like rape women and do terrible things and be perpetrators of domestic violence and all of these things. And they still play. He didn't do anything wrong. He played a bad game. It happens. Mm -hmm. And I can understand that it would mentally mess with him. Sure. Question though, was he really upset that he did not do well in that game or was he hiding his mental wellness struggles with the death of his mother i i think the latter but again that's a different issue Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i hear you and i can understand perhaps as an athlete that's not a discussion you want to have maybe you're afraid of what that does to your reputation because i don't think as a country we're 100 percent there in accepting of mental health struggles yeah i have some notes on that later later on but again i i stand by the fact that i don't think he needed a reputation rehab Mm -hmm. Uh, there's some like inside baseball talk too, right? He blew it in the ninth inning. Right. There were questions brought up in the Facebook group like, would the starting pitcher still be pitching in the ninth inning of the World Series? Yeah. You're going you're gonna to have to explain it to me. Well, the answer is no. If you're in game seven of the World Series, you burn every pitcher you have. My feel, they're not going to give that pitcher a chance to get to the bottom of the ninth. I don't care if he's pitched a no-hitter to that point. Too bad. Like, that's great. But if this is the game-winning inning... You put in a fresh pitcher. They're going to And there's no games after this. Like, there's no reason to keep their pitchers fresh. Put them in and let them pitch once. Mm. Everyone throw your best pitch every single Uh, pitcher. Yeah. I just think that's not realistic. Hmm. That's all. Any more baseball talk? No, I think that's good. What's your first impression of Hearts in the Game? My first impression of this movie is that I hated the overly orange poster. And based on that alone, it gave me super low expectations. Oh, my first impression is, how much did the Mets pay Hallmark for this promo? Well, you know, that's really funny, right? Because somebody, I think it might have been Reddit, was saying like the Mets, they were expecting on the Mets social media to have some sort of like promotion Uh of the movie and there was nothing. Oh. So I wonder how much they did pay for it. Well, if anything, but I would imagine you'd have to pay for the use of the team name and there's multiple instances of the logo yeah the logo i was like in the press conference every <laughs> yeah. single person is wearing a mets badge uh-huh. with like a mets lanyard so i'm very curious but and they could have very easily made up a team they've done it in the past for other sports mm-hmm. yeah i wonder i wonder i'd like some more inside information on the mets some connection inside here. baseball yeah. yeah yeah all right let's talk about what we liked i said it already Jax is the absolute star of this movie i agree They played this role so perfectly. They were a great assistant, friend, shoulder to cry on, comic relief. Yes. I loved the relationship that Jackson Hazel had. Mm -hmm. I I happen to think that the most exciting baseball scene in this movie did not involve Diego. It was when Jax and the driver are talking about... It's early in the movie and they're yeah. talking about baseball and they're just getting so excited. Super amped. Talking yeah. about the Mets and talking about the possibilities of the season. And I love when people love things. And I thought that was the most exciting baseball mm. moment in this movie. Baseball specifics aside, I 
am here to tell you that I really liked this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was a narrative about mental wellness more than anything. Mm. And I like that because I think there are so many good stories to tell mm-hmm. that don't strictly have to be about romance. We are complicated people. Complicated people can watch complicated stories. Yes. That's what I liked about it. That You went so much more deep than I did because my next like is, hello, Marco Grazzini. <laughs> I think he is real hot. Yeah. And I think it's great casting because he gives serious baseball player vibes to me. <laughs> the two characters I've seen him play, this one in this movie and then the chef in right in front of me. Yeah. Both understated yeah. I mean, he's not the life of the party kind of guy. He's just real kind of low key. I, there was a scene. I really love this scene when they, Hazel and Diego are dancing at their friend's house party. Yeah. And he says, you want to get out of here? And I was like, is this an equivalent to like, do you want to come in for a, a nightcap? <laughs> they went back to her parents' house and sat on the porch swing. So like not super sexy, but sweet and romantic. Yeah, but did you notice that we got a lot of affection before we got to a kiss? Like yes. they're holding hands. And I was like, did I miss something? Because at this point, as far as I can tell, they haven't discussed their mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. They're just holding hands in multiple scenes. Mm-hmm. Well, and they kiss really early on. They did kiss Not early on, but like before the end of the movie. Yeah. I, I like that direction that Hallmark is taking these movies. Yes, because relationships do not culminate in a single kiss. Right. There's a lot of build up there. One of my favorite scenes in this movie is the second to last scene where Hazel is crying. Jax comes to her with the article. Mm-hmm. First of all, I thought it was so funny. I was on debate team, so here we go. Yeah. I just read this so fast. <laughs> that was really funny. And I think it was a nice counterbalance. Um, and Carly shows up and there's a lot of forgiveness in that moment. Mm-hmm. But she's like, I smell like food and tears. And Carly's like, why don't we get you packed and showered? I just thought it was a great scene. And I think that sort of scene is something many Hallmark movies are missing. We sometimes jump Mm. straight to the final scene. Mm -hmm. We see Marco take off from the baseball diamond when he finds out that Hazel has cut the article. It's not going to happen at all. And he's realizing that he perhaps was too hard on her in that moment. Yeah. And I think in another movie, we barely easily could have seen that final scene without her sobbing to her friends and that's a nice world building moment i thought i would agree that was one of my favorite scenes in this movie in addition this movie had some excellent lines mm. for example Jax and hazel walking through the school hallways and Jax asks were you a gretchen or a regina yeah and for some watchers it might have went right over their head mm-hmm. and they were referring to Mean Girls. Yes. Which just celebrated like a huge anniversary. I think 20th anniversary. And there was another line that I thought was really funny too. After they had that party at the friend's house, the friend, they're at the diner and he's eating like a greasy breakfast and he's like, I'm too old for fun. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this feels so relatable. Real music alert in this movie. We get listen to your heart at the end. That oh, yeah. And something else too. There was another... Her and her friend were dancing to mm. it. I loved Hazel's outfits at the beginning of the movie. She had some gorgeous suits. Mm. So pretty. And then they just like really, I don't want to say downgraded, got more casual towards the end. She was wearing like the high school baseball sweatshirt because we're that. in town and jeans and whatever. You know, I love actually when she and Diego are both wearing like sweatshirts under their jackets. Mm. I like, like that look too. It was a good look. Yeah. Yeah. I wondered if it was because it was colder Perhaps. than... Yeah. 
I did read that there was snowing during the production of oh, this movie. Really? So I wondered, oh, they were supposed to be in their sweatshirts, but they had to throw a jacket on over there. I thought it was a good look. We're freezing our buns off out here. So yeah. can you help us out? I really liked how they ended up together. You know, it was kind of like, I don't want to say they were meant for each other, but they had this natural connection. Mm-hmm. That ended too soon, and then mm-hmm. they came back together. I don't know. It just made me happy. I liked this movie. Sue me. What'd you wish for? Well, I thought it was a little unclear about Hazel's backstory. Now, let me explain. It was referenced a couple of times that Hazel has spun things. Okay. Yes. Correspondent Mike had some thoughts about that. Oh, Correspondent Mike. First, when Diego, when like they meet at the restaurant and they see that she's going to be his new PR agent or whatever, yes, and he's ma'am. like, oh, he takes a dig at her, basically. So you spin stories now for a living. That's fitting. Yeah. And I was like, what? what's the backstory here? And then it's said later on as well. I think like the best friend might say something to her. Well, he says, spin the story any way you want because you always do that. Who said that? Diego says that. Oh. In the diner. Okay. So I thought it was the best friend, but yes, it, that's the scene. And I'm like, what's the backstory here? Why is Hazel the bad guy? I don't understand. Yes. Especially because we find out later that he was the one who leaves her, bails on her for prom. Mm-hmm. Mike had that very same complaint about that movement. Why the anger from him when we're always being told he's the one with the problem? Right. Thank you, Mike, for validating my thoughts. Okay. Question about Carly. Mm-hmm. Their friendship ended because Hazel didn't come to her wedding. Right. Because she had a work commitment. Mm-hmm. Is it reasonable that a young woman starting in her career could potentially have an un- Missable work commitment. Yes. I think it is. I wrote down, why are we making a successful career woman the villain? People miss weddings and all kinds of things for work. Yes. Is it unfortunate? Sure. Mm -hmm. But to end a friendship over, could Hazel and Carly have found another way to connect and celebrate her friend? And Mm -hmm. I understand that a wedding is an important day. I think We could do our children a great service by building up this expectation that while it is a great day for you, the reality is you cannot expect your entire universe to revolve around that day. Mm -hmm. There are going to be people who cannot be there for one reason. And it's not a remark on your value to them. Right. Life is full. Yes. Okay. Side note, I think they could have totally axed the BFF storyline. Not needed. It didn't add anything to this movie. Yeah, I didn't need Carly to get a book deal at the end. Nope. It's not well-developed enough. Hazel asks her when they first went into each other, like, are you still writing? And here's actually I have an issue with that because as much as I want Hazel to be this, like, high-powered woman who's allowed to have a career and celebrate that, I also think it needs to be enough for Carly to be content in her life as a mom. Like, that can be enough. Mm -hmm. I loved writing. It's not what I'm doing right now. I, I don't need to be a best-selling author to be valuable mm-hmm. my life doesn't need to be big to be to great matter. yeah which by the way is a theme of a show on apple tv plus called the what? big door prize i don't know what that show is it's i mentioned it on last month's episode of pop culture club and long story short was i here <laughs> it's an interesting show and it kind of explores like the idea of destiny and some oh. the desire for a big life isn't necessarily everyone's desire anyway okay okay i have one more wish yeah Lay off of the daughter guilt. At the beginning of the movie, the parents, Hazel's parents, were, like, guilting her and her, like, we never see you anymore. You never come and visit. You could have delivered it yourself. Lay, she has a J-O-B. 
Yes. In New York. You live in Ohio. And she's clearly connecting with you. Oh, I remembered how much you love that cheesecake. I sent it to you. I'm calling you. I'm having these moments. Acknowledge that lives are full. Yes. You ready for did you see that? Yeah. I have two. Okay. My first one, it's about baseball. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to need you to clear it up. In a scene, Diego is telling Hazel... He's like starting to talk about like open up about like what happened in game seven. And he says that he did not know he was going to pitch in game seven until the morning of the game. And I must ask, isn't there usually a pitching schedule? Thousand percent. The only reason he would not know that he was pitching in game seven is if some tragedy befell the scheduled pitcher. Mm. Because they absolutely have their pitching schedule for the World Series lined up. Now, could they adjust it because someone gets injured or things are going? Yeah, but not the morning of. Are there rules in MLB about uh, how much rest time you need between games? I don't actually think so, but I think pitching is so hard on you that they don't want to burn out a pitcher. They don't want to overuse a pitcher. So could... Hypothetically, he have pitched game six and was like, oh, I'm done. I'm not pitching in game I think seven. there's zero chance you would have a pitcher start back-to-back in the World Series. Right. I think so, too. Zero. Again, unless tragedy has befallen your entire starting but pitcher. But what if he came in He's, as a re- – no, he wouldn't come – a starting pitcher doesn't come in as a relief pitcher, right? No. Okay. So thanks for clearing that up. Did you see that there is a background track that's used throughout this movie? It's not noticeable unless – to you, like to me, the first few bars sound like, here comes the sun. Oh. And then it transitions and it doesn't sound like that anymore. Mm-hmm. But every single time it would start playing, my brain would think that's what I was hearing. And then I remember that's not what I was hearing. Interesting. I don't remember any standout music besides those pop songs. I have one more. Did you see that? Okay. Diego was wearing Bobo black and white Nike Dunks. Oh, they couldn't spring for the real thing. For those who don't know what Bobo means, it means like fake knockoff knockoff pretend and i saw those same shoes at old navy recently so i wondered if that's where they came from wardrobe Mm. hey correspondent mike also says hazel appears to be wearing an engagement ring in the final scene but not mentioned there was no mention correct that they were now engaged correct they were like cooking together are we to assume that they're just together now yeah okay I don't know if I really noticed it or not. I didn't notice it at all. I just like that they were together and they they now lived in New York. He plays for the Mets. She lives there with her high-powered PR job. I don't understand her job. Like, as you're saying that, (laughs) she rehabbed his public opinion, but she also was the PR agent who got her best friend a best-selling book. Yeah. That makes sense. Her job is confusing to me. At the top of the movie, she was, like, repping an actress, I think, who had got caught eating a hamburger who was supposed to be vegan. That's yes. what I thought. She was a PR crisis. I think she's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people who write these movies don't understand jobs. Yeah. Well, and I feel like crisis PR is like something new-ish, like a new... Well, in the age of social media, when yeah. people are caught with their pants down, so to speak. Right. They hire crisis PR to make things better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What'd you rate this movie? Three and a half stars. Guys, I liked it. I uh, gave it 4.75. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I really liked it. Wow. I really liked it. I take that back. I gave it four and a half stars. Four and a half stars. Well, you you upgraded it during the course of this review. Four and a half stars. I liked it. I just thought it was really sweet. And the parts that made me cry were the real tender moments between Hazel and Diego. Tell me the moments that made you cry. 
all, all this stuff about the mom and and here's why and it's probably a personal reason my mom has passed it's been a couple of years now and like we're on the cusp of mother's day coming up and mm-hmm. His mom was sick. My mom was sick. I don't know. It was just like triggered all these weird feelings for me. So I just thought it was nice. So we have When Love Springs next week. And all I got to say about that is, I didn't watch the previews. I saw the previews. And while I enjoyed Rhiannon Fish in a picture of her, the things I didn't like about her in a picture of her seem to be in full force in this movie. We have a new-ish addition to the schedule, When Love Springs, next week. But we will also be back on our new Ride Recap Day this week, which is Friday, with a recap of Episode 6 of Ride. Thank you for listening to this episode of Girls Gone Hallmark. If you love this podcast, we love your five-star ratings and reviews. Open that Apple Podcast app. Tap the five stars. Let everybody know what you love about this podcast. In the meantime, join our Facebook group. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.